It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to the start of a brand new week here on SEN. It is Monday, the 10th of July, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew back in the chair. Hope you all had a good weekend, whatever you got up to. Hope you enjoyed all the sport, and there was a lot of it throughout the course of the weekend, ending just a few hours ago. We will get to all of it over the course of the next hour. We're broadcasting on SEN 11.70 a.m. in Sydney, SENQ 6.93 a.m. in Brisbane, and SEN 16.20 a.m. on the Gold Coast. one 300 one eleven seventy our open line number or you can text 0457-736-736. That's all before breakfast with Vossie and Copes this morning, Trent Copeland. And for our listeners, that's through SEN 1170 AM. For our listeners in Queensland, it'll be Patton Hills after the 6 o'clock news. Big show. We'll get to the cricket in just a second. Your first chance to have your say on what unfolded in the cricket overnight. Rugby league over the weekend. Some interesting games. A few one-side games. A couple of big stories away from rugby league across the weekend as well. We'll get to... As well, plus Chris Perkins in America to join me in about half an hour to bring us up to speed with the latest in the USA. So plenty to get through. Want to hear from you on this Monday morning? One three hundred oh one eleven seventy our open line number, or you can text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. We're off and running for another week at two past five. The hot topic, thanks to Rain, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rain. Except nothing less than Australia's best at installer ream, Australia's favourite hot water. Just before we get to the cricket, a couple of things I want your thoughts on this morning. Your highlights, your lowlights, your disappointments of the weekend. 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. And in NRL land, uh, many over the past few weeks with the state of origin period, many debuts. So it got me thinking, the best debuts of all time. Doesn't just have to be rugby league, it can be cricket. Football, slash soccer, and it could be for your club, your country, uh, maybe in an individual sport. Best debuts of all time. Any you can think of. I can think of a couple. What about you? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Your best debuts of all time. All right, let's get to the cricket at three past five. It ended just after 12.30 a.m. this morning. England getting the win and now trailing Australia 2-1. Another dramatic day at Headingley. Um, and instead of me telling you all about it, if you missed any of it, if you were listening on SEN, if you were watching, if you were asleep, as I know uh, some of you would have had to be uh, if you get up at this time of the morning, this is how day four unfolded. Four overs this morning. Stark up, bowls here. Duckett, the That's a lot closer. Yeah. That is out. And Duckett reviews. Must have been an inside edge to review that quickly because that, albeit from behind the batter at our end, here we go. The decision out on the field. Yeah. Two reds and yeah, three baby. reds. Australia get the early breakthrough they required. Stark up to Moeen and he's bowled him. Stumps out of the ground. Moeen Ali's elevation to first drop is short-lived. He's gone for five. Mitchell Stark has both wickets to fall. England, two for 60, chasing 251. Goes again, our end, delivers here to Brook, plays with hard hands out through the covers, middles it to the rope at 
runs away on the eastern side of the ground. Brook into double figures with his second boundary. He's 12. He's got the catching cover as well. Bowlen delivers and Brook slams it away again. A square drive for four. Perfect timing. Back-to-back -back fours moves him to 16. Crawley facing Marsh and he's instant. He's caught behind. Crawley nicks off again. And just when he looked like he was going to become a real bother for the Australians, Mitch Marsh gets one to shape away, kiss the edge. Carey behind the stumps makes no mistake. That's a third wicket in the session. Into Boulder Root, misses a switch wow. down the leg side. He's wow. edged it. He's edged it. Joe Root is gone. And once again, Australia's captain has the breakthrough against the most important player in the England team. 11 times Pat Cummins has dismissed Joe Root now in Test cricket. That might be amongst the most innocuous of them. A swish, a glove down the leg side, and England four down. Stark towards us, towards Stokes. Cross his stumps down the leg side. Has he got anything? Oh, he has. What a oh, he's moment. Going. He's walking. And that's just some of what happened there. So that ended a bit properly. Some of the highlights from day four. But in the end, England, too good. Seven for 254. It was very close, wasn't it? Uh, for a long part of it. This is how England brought up the winning runs. Stark to finish the over. England, one to keep themselves in the series. And out through point, it goes for four. What a mighty celebration from Mark Wood and Chris Wokes. When Wokes walked in, they needed 80 to win. The head had been cut off the stake with Stokes and Bairstow in quick succession. But what a shrewd selection it was bringing Wokes back into this side. 32 not out. He will be the champion for England here along with Harry Brook. They win by three wickets and the Ashes are well and truly alive. 2-1 at Headingley. And both in 2019 and in 2023, they've been come from behind efforts. They were all but gone at seven for 142 at lunch on day two. But through the work of Mark Wood, Pfeiffer on day one, an explosive innings when all looked lost. And out there at the end as well, a gutsy win, a come-from-behind win, a famous win. England by three wickets. Yeah, so 2-1. Now, Harry Brook, as you would have heard in some of those highlights, we'll hear from him in a second. 75 uh, helping England chase the 250-run target down in exactly 50 overs. Chris Wokes not out 32. As Adam just mentioned, Mark Wood not out 16. Mitchell Stark uh, did very well and got almost got Australia home, uh, finishing with five for 78, but not quite enough. Uh, to win the game for Australia. Mark Wood was named player of the match for his five-wicket haul in the first innings. And game-changing cameos with the bat. Uh, for England, uh, as I said, Harry Brook made 75. Joe Root only made se uh, 21. And Ben Stokes only made 13. And you thought then Australia, good chance to go on to win the match. But unfortunately for Australia, not to be. So 2-1 and another dramatic test match. What an exciting series we are seeing. Your thoughts on it? Would you be making any changes? We'll have a chat tomorrow morning with Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I did see a little bit of criticism around David Warner uh, across the weekend. In the first innings, he only made four. And in the second innings, only made one. And I saw a couple of people saying, look, if Australia win this third test, you may as well pick him. But if you don't, and we didn't, do you risk him again? 
Is David Warner spot in trouble? What do you reckon? 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line 1300 01 Let's hear from the Australian captain, though, Pat Cummins. He caught up with Barat Sanderason after the match. Uh, Pat Cummins, uh, it's been a great tour for you guys so far. Uh, we've just coming off your first defeat. Uh, it was a game like the others, which ebbed and flowed till the very end. Uh, close finish, but just, just to finish on the wrong side. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we were on the wrong side of this one. Um, but another wonderful, wonderful test match. I think we had our chances throughout that we didn't quite grab. Um, and, yeah, in the end, I think England played, played better this week. Uh, so, yeah, it's a shame, but um, a, a great test match. But the game's just got over. Uh, at this stage, in a, in a game like this, do you focus only on like how the last day has played out, or do you look back at other other times during the game where maybe you could have forged ahead or further ahead than you did? Uh, yeah, for sure, the whole game. Um, yeah, just little moments that we didn't quite grab, which hopefully next time if they present themselves, we we take them. Um, and yeah, a bit with the bat, a bit with the ball, um, just. Yeah, a couple of times I think we could have been really clinical and, and just weren't. And that's something uh, which has been a feature of your captaincy, asking your team to be clinical by being clinical yourself. Uh, just late on day two, the sun was out, like Steve Smith and Manus Labuschagne were out there. Uh, do you think is that where the game sort of changed, where you were in top probably for the last time in this game? Yeah, that, that certainly felt like an opportunity where we could have batted big and put a you know a, a three hundred plus total, um, you know, for England to chase, which would have been kind of you know pretty tough, I think. Uh, so yeah, that, that was a missed opportunity again in the first innings. You know, I think I'm as guilty as anyone. I think we lost six for thirty, mm. us tailenders. So um, yeah, few few areas we can tidy up. Uh, amazing return for Mitchell Marsh. Uh, contributed in all four innings, wickets, uh, and the sensational hundred, and looked good uh, while he was batting yesterday as well. Yeah, it's so good to see um, Big Mitchie back. Four years since the last test, he's had surgeries to try and get himself right for red ball cricket. Um, he's put so much time and effort and to see him get another chance and to show what he's made of. Um, I just, yeah, as a really close man, I couldn't be happier for him. And he, he was awesome, even with the ball today. You know, he's a real option. Felt like he's going to take a wicket. Uh, speaking of options of the final day, uh, you didn't go much to Todd Murphy. Was it just conditioned or dictated by the conditions? Or uh, did you think you didn't have enough runs to play with? Mainly conditions. Um, you know, we knew they were probably going to, if they were going to chase down, it was probably going to be 50 overs and, you know, the ball was still kind of swinging and there was a little bit there for quick bowlers. So, um, yeah, I would have loved to bowl Toddy a bit more, but, yeah, it's probably just not enough overs to, um, to get it to him. Um, uh, and, and just now, the way Mitchell Marsh has played, you have a break between now and Manchester. It, does, does that, like, is it tempting to just keep him there? And you know, Cam Green is fit. He looked pretty fit. He was feeling out there. Uh, to play them both together. Is there a scenario where both of them can play together in this series? Yeah, it could be for sure. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll you know, take a deep breath and um, come back in a, in a few days and kind of assess where everyone's at. But, um, you know, the way Mitchie's played, it's, yeah, it's kind of... You know, it's hard to leave him out. It's hard to leave Greeny out. You look at the other batters and they've all performed. It's hard to leave anyone else out. So we'll work it out. To, I guess it's a good problem for the selectors to have. Yeah. And different to the last Headingley game, right, four years ago. That was different. You were on top for pretty much most of the game and then Ben Stokes took it away from you. This, it felt like you guys kept coming back into the game more than uh, England doing that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's how I felt as well. Um, again, a couple of chances where we could have really put a big chase you know, in front of England and and we didn't quite get there and um, yeah, we, we got kind of close in the end but uh, yeah, they 
probably made it really tough for ourselves. And just finally, Pat, 3 0 would have been great, but you kind of, I'm sure deep inside, expected them to come back and. Uh, two one. It, it's, it's still you guys are still ahead. Uh, just playing against this England team at times, it feels like you're playing a one day. They said they'll finish it off in fifty overs. They have. They, it did. Uh, where do you see the series going from here? And, and just about you know that aspect of it. Yeah, I mean it's set up well. It's probably fair to where the series at. Um, you know, all three games have been quite tight. So uh, yeah, it's set up well for the last two. Um, we've obviously got to win one of them to to win the series. I still don't think we've played our best game. Um, even close, really. So, yeah, that's the opportunity for our group to got two more cracks at it, try and put a great game together. Yeah, hopefully that best game comes in Manchester. Absolutely, that'd yeah. be nice. <laughs> Beautiful. Cheers, Matt. Thanks so much. Thank you. Australian captain Pat Cummins with Barat Sundaraysen. So thoughts on any of that? Did you stay up and watch it? Would you be making any changes? He was asked there about Cameron Green and Mitch Marsh together in the team. Could that a possibility? David Warner, is he in trouble? Your thoughts on any of the cricket? The next test beginning next Wednesday night. So a bit of a break now. We had those two tests very close together. And then back in action next Wednesday night, uh, the 19th in Manchester. Your thoughts on any of the cricket? 0457 736 736 is our text number. Or you can call the open line, 1300 01 1170. After this break, we'll switch our attention to rugby league. Plenty to come out over the weekend. We'll talk about it next. It's 13 and a half past five. Tradies News in a nutshell. Ain't past five one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Our open line number. You can text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Thoughts on the cricket highlights, lowlights, surprise performances of the weekend. What stood out for you on across the weekend of sport? And also, best debuts of all time. Is there someone that stands out for you? We'll get to your text shortly. Calls as well, one 1170 or 0457 Happy to take any thoughts on the cricket. But let's just switch our attention now to the rugby league. Chris Perkins as well coming up shortly from America. We'll look back at a condensed round of the National Rugby League shortly. But just a couple of other headlines coming out of rugby league. I'd be keen to get your take on. Uh, before we get to the weekend of rugby league and some of the big talking points from the weekend, I will start with the Canterbury Bulldogs, who, of course, did have a very good win over the weekend, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, but in today's Daily Telegraph, the Canterbury Bulldogs will offer Gold Coast Titans for Tino Fustamalawi a $4 million contract and a share in a pub in a controversial ploy to secure the Maroons' powerhouse. Um so he and barnstorming teammate David Fita are or were free agents following the sacking of Justin Holbrook. The Bulldogs' interest for next year and beyond is an intriguing story around the salary cap. Now, the club's major sponsors, the Laundy family, have been in contact with NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo to get approval for their plan to offer Tino an investment opportunity in one of their 30 pubs across New South Wales, that on top of his contract. It is similar to what the Melbourne Storm did last year when a number of their stars were off contract and in huge demand from rival clubs. Chairman Matt Tripp sought and was granted approval for the players to be offered investment opportunities in his bookmaking firm. Now, Arthur Lorne has confirmed he has stepped into Bulldogs general manager Phil Gould and coach Cameron Serraldo to uh, sign quality players with the, pl- with the pub ploy. Now, so he said it's hard if a club's lower on the table like Canterbury and the West Tigers in recruitment. Some players will take less to try to win a competition at the stronger teams. That's what we're up against, and that's why I'm helping out. We've got to lure them in with a deal that no one else can do. 
Now, Lorne's so passionate about making a difference at the Bulldogs and offering assistance to players. He went on to say, you don't want young players wasting their money on flash cars. Their lives are back to front. Instead of doing a course of making good money in five years, footballers earn big money from the start. But what do they do with it? Some of them are so young. Um, the billionaire hotel uh, owner says he can guarantee a 10 to 12% annual return for players wa- wanting to invest in his pubs. And he's offering even uh, he's even offering a money-back guarantee. If something was to go wrong, I've got enough money to guarantee them their money back. If they want out at the end to get married, to buy a house, I'll buy them out. I'm very determined to make this work and help out Canterbury. What do you reckon? I mean, sounds like a good deal. What was it, $4 million and a share in a pub? Would that be enough to get you to a club? Probably be enough to get me to a club. I think half of that would be enough to get me to a club, to be honest. 0457 736 736 or one 300 And do you think he'll go? If this is all legit, and it seems like it is, and they're offering him $4 million and a share in a pub, does he go to the Bulldogs? Do the Bulldogs get Tino? What do you reckon? Would that be enough to entice you to go to a struggling club? one 1170 or 457 And on probably more of a serious note as well, he'd be a very good buy for the Bulldogs, who we know, and we'll talk about the game in just a second, were talked about as the big improvers of the year this year, and they've suffered a lot of injuries. We know what happened last weekend, last Sunday, against the Newcastle Knights, losing 66-0. But, and I heard Brandy say this in commentary on Saturday night, when the Bulldogs have shown us their good part of their play, it's been pretty good. There has been some shocking parts of their play as well, as we know. So, Tino, to the Bulldogs, will he end up there? And would you go to the Bulldogs for $4 million and a share in a pub? What would it take you to get to a struggling team? one 300 or 0457-736-736. And this other one as well, before we look back at the round of rugby league, Wayne Bennett has urged the NRL to take State of Origin to New Zealand and called for Auckland's Eden Park to be a regular hosting venue of uh, the game's showpiece. Um, The ARL Commission is exploring plans for State of Origin to head overseas to New Zealand as part of the next scheduling cycle for the Queensland New South Wales juggernaut. The current interstate schedule is locked in until the end of 2026, with the NRL considering an Origin debut on New Zealand soil as early as 2027. A New Zealand origin clash in 2027 would mark the 40th anniversary of the American Odyssey when they played in LA in 1987 and Bennett backed the NRL's plan to send Queensland and New South Wales stars across to New Zealand. He said it's a no-brainer to take origin to New Zealand. There isn't a Kiwi who doesn't know about state of origin. I remember talking to a bloke over there who said even the All Blacks players watch origin and come to training to talk about the game. I wouldn't take origin back to America I was part of the trip to LA in 1987, but I would go to New Zealand. Uh, The NRL's internal research shows rugby league is becoming a genuine threat to rugby union in a New Zealand nation, besotted with the All Blacks, the researcher of uh, this season of the Warriors, who have returned home after two years in Australia due to COVID, has ignited interest. Um, More than 200,000 Kiwis attended the opening four editions of the NRL Nines when they were played there as well. So what do you reckon? Origin in New Zealand. Uh, we've been to Perth, we've been to Adelaide, we've been to Melbourne. Um, we will be going back to all those places, I assume. Should we throw New Zealand in there? 
1170. Peter Volandis did confirm New Zealand is on the cards. Absolutely a consideration for state of origin from 2027 onwards. What do you reckon? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Look, I have really no issue with it. If, if we're going to take origins to other states in Australia, then I don't think uh, it's that silly to suggest that it can be played in New Zealand. I think it's a very good idea probably to take it to New Zealand. Now, there will be an element of people that believe state of origin should only ever be played in New South Wales and Queensland. And if you're in that camp, then obviously you don't want the game to be taken to New Zealand. But it seems that taking it on the road is something that's just going to be happening from here on in for at least the foreseeable future. So why not New Zealand? I think it's a much smarter idea than taking it to America. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. So your thoughts on that? Would you like to see State of Origin taken to New Zealand? $4 million in a share in a pub. Would that be enough to take you to the Bulldogs? Best debuts of all time. Your thoughts on the cricket and your highlights, lowlights, surprise performances of the weekend. Anything else as we do this. Now on Tradies, the NRL wrap. Yeah, 25 and a half past five. Let us have a look at what happened across the weekend in rugby league. Your thoughts on any of this? Let's go back to Thursday night. We talked about it on Friday morning. The Sharks 36 over the West Tigers 12. We mentioned this on Friday. Uh, the Tigers did get it back to 12 all at half time before the Sharks ran away with it in the second half. Did hear a bit of discussion across the weekend. Re the Cronulla Sharks. Um, and we'll go to next weekend in a second. They've got some big games coming up, the Sharks, where they can prove themselves to be a premiership contender. Um, I still think a bit of a question mark at this stage, just right now, on their form against other top four, top eight teams, but they will have chances to prove themselves um, against those teams throughout the rest of this regular season. So we'll wait and see what happens there. But at the moment, they can only do what they're doing, and they're doing it very well. Uh, Friday night, Raiders 36 over the Dragons 26. Spirited comeback by the Dragons towards the end of the match, but the Raiders too good in the end, managing to hold on for a 10-point victory. Uh, the Raiders are another one of these clubs that, you know, people are talking about the Panthers, the Broncos. The Raiders are doing all right as well. Um, they've been pretty consistent throughout most of the year. Uh, the Dragons, obviously, not going to be contending for the top eight this year, uh, so you would have expected the Raiders to win that. Ricky Stewart, not happy post-game about them conceding, tw- conceding 26 points. Where do you have the Raiders, though, at the moment, in terms of the picking order for premierships th- for the premiership this year? Do you have them as a proper premiership contender? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 It's hard to write them off, but and it's hard to ignore them, but they are flying under the radar. Look, I think they are a, a premiership contender. Now, Saturday, speaking of premiership contenders, Eels 46 over the uh, – sorry, Warriors 46 over the Parramatta Eels 10. Now, do have to put this game into some perspective. The Parramatta were without a lot of their stars. So if I was a Parramatta fan, I wouldn't be – too concerned, although uh, with the competition later as it is, losing any game is a bit of a concern, but I wouldn't be too concerned about that game as a one-off. What I was particularly impressed with is we've seen in years before when the Warriors are expected to win games like this, sometimes they do, 
but sometimes they sort of fumble and bumble their way to a win. Not this time. They were excellent. Sean Johnson in his 200th game, very, very good. Um, and after a disappointing loss to the South Sydney Rabbitohs in Auckland the week before, they needed to bounce back, and that they certainly did. The Warriors uh, will be... If they, who knows if they're going to go all the way and win the competition, but it'll be a feel-good story to see them in the finals. And wouldn't it be great for Rugby League in New Zealand if they could finish in the top four and host a home final in the first week? I think it'd be excellent. The Eels, as I say, without a lot of players, I think I saw something yesterday that they haven't won without Clint Gutherson when he hasn't been playing in the team, I think, since 2017. So slightly concerning there, but the Warriors too good. As I said, as a one-off match, wouldn't read too much into it from an Eels perspective, but the Warriors doing what they did, and they did it very well. Uh, the other game on Saturday night, the Bulldogs 36 over the South Sydney Rabbitohs 32. What an entertaining game of footy this was. Really entertaining game of footy. Um, and the Bulldogs, I had a feeling, and I spoke to when we previewed this game with Charlie Goodsir last Friday morning, I tipped Souths, but I said I wouldn't be surprised to see a Bulldogs rebound, and that's exactly what they did. I thought Matt Burden had an excellent game, and I think that was partly due to the fact that he had Toby Sexton next to him. His first game for the Bulldogs, and Vossi and Brandy were saying in commentary, and I agree with them, easily his best game uh, in his short first-grade career. And I think... For Matt Burden, being able to move back to the 5-8th role and be able to roam a little bit really helped the Bulldogs. Sexton only had two training sessions beforehand. Cameron Serraldo was asked post-match if that's the halves combination, at least for the rest of the year, and they he said yes, and I have to say I agree. I think he made such a difference, Toby Sexton. Yes, it was only one game, and yes, it was against a South Sydney team that was missing a lot of stars, similar to the Eels. But to still, to bounce back from a 66-0 drubbing the week before to win, just mind you, it was an important win. I tell you what, the Bulldogs, they almost let it go towards the end. What about that try to South Sydney? Tell us, Duncan. What a, what a star. Um, and you thought maybe with a few minutes to go, South Sydney were going to get them. Look, South's a bit like Parramatta. Wouldn't read too much into it in terms of a one-off game, but still disappointing, I think, when you look at... Uh, how they've been playing over the past eight or nine weeks, aside from that good win against the Warriors. And then yesterday, the Dolphins 23 over the Titans 21 went to Golden Point. Really entertaining game of footy as well. Uh, there is a bit of division on social media whether the penalty that Grant Atkins blew was an actual penalty or not. I think it was. Uh, I suppose the question mark is, is that you do see that a lot and it's not always penalised, but look, I think it was a penalty. I think the Titans will be disappointed they lost because at various stages they were in control of that match. But in the end, the Dolphins just doing enough to win the game 23 points to 21. What did you make of that final call? Did you think it was a penalty or not? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Do you agree with the penalty call? Do you disagree with the penalty call? To give the Dolphins the victory. 1300 1170 or 0457 7367 36. So the latter after 19 rounds, the Panthers and the Broncos lead the way on 28 points. Then the Sharks, the Storm, the Raiders all on 26 points. The Warriors on 24 points. The Eels and the Bunnies round out the top eight on 22 points. Just outside the top eight on 22 points are the Cowboys. 
Then, still in contention are the, Eel, uh, the Eagles on 21 points, the Titans on 20 points, the Dolphins on 20 points, and the Roosters on 20 points. All those teams still able to make the top eight. The Knights, you could probably throw them in there as well. They're on 19. The Bulldogs are on 16. The Dragons and the Tigers are on 12. Just goes to show how important that win for the Dolphins was, considering as well the Titans have had their three buys. And just a quick look ahead to next week. Of course, we've got Origin on Wednesday night. Then we've got the Knights and the Tigers on Friday night at 8 p.m. Then it'll be an interesting one. Bulldogs up against the Broncos at 3 p.m. on Saturday, followed by the Sea Eagles and the Cowboys. Crucial game for both of those teams. Then the Roosters host the Melbourne Storm. Crucial game, you'd say, for the Roosters as well. Then on Sunday, the Warriors and the Sharks. Won't that be interesting to see how that unfolds? The Dolphins and the Panthers at four, and then the Eels and the Titans will round things out at 6.15. That is round 20 of the National Rugby League. Your thoughts on the weekend of sport, weekend of rugby league. Was it a penalty to the Titans yesterday? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. The Bulldogs offering Tino $4 million and a share of a pub. Would that be enough to get you to a struggling team? And New Zealand, maybe Wayne Bennett wants them to be hosting Origin in 2027 and beyond. Part of the rotation. Agree? Disagree? I don't have an issue with it. A couple of texts there. We'll get to them after the break. And Chris Perkins will join me. It is coming up to 26 and a half to 6. Good to have your company. It's 22 to 6 to America and Chris Perkins in just a second. Text here from Vince Listing in New Zealand. Uh, morning to you, Vince. What is it? Coming up to 8 o'clock there, about 22 minutes to 8. Uh, I'm in New Zealand and Origin is huge here. A lot of people stay up uh, till midnight to watch. Yes, of course, State of Origin, of course, kicks off at 8 p.m. over here in Australia. Doesn't get watched just after 8, quarter past 8. So it doesn't kick off until about quarter past 10 over in New Zealand. It would be massive and a real blow to rugby in this country at a time it is vulnerable. Now, Super Rugby ain't doing it. That from Vince. Interesting. Uh, Yes, rugby. It does sound like rugby league is starting to catch up to rugby union in New Zealand, which is uh, fantastic from a rugby league point of view. And Origin as a marketing event would definitely help. As I said, the Warriors, if they could get a home final as well, uh, this year, that would definitely help as well. Thank you for listening, Vince, over there in New Zealand. Hope you are enjoying uh, the show. I hope everything is good over there on the other side of the ditch and the Warriors in very, very good form. All right, time to do this at 21 minutes to 6 o'clock. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. And the great man, Chris Perkins, is on the line from America. Good morning to you, Chris. Well, good morning from central Illinois on a rather warm day here. Actually, not bad by summer standards. Only about 20, about 26, 27 degrees Celsius right now. It's a, actually a decent afternoon. Yeah, very, very, very good. Uh, and you are just stopping. You've just stopped your truck for a minute just to talk to us. Is that right? Yeah, I've got some time i got to kill before I go pick up my next load. So I am I am parked. I'm going to take care of some personal business right now before I go pick up my load. So I've got time to take care of some radio business as well. Very good, very good. All right, Chris, lots to get through. My favorite, one of my, and I like, I like talking to you about every single topic, but one of the things I love talking <laughs> to you about is the MLS. What has happened there over the course of the weekend? Give us an update. Match day 24 yesterday, uh, a full Saturday night slate. I, I, I love the way they, they do the MLS schedule. Uh, there have been complaints about it, about too many games packed in too short a time. 
I love having 14 games over a five-hour span. That, that 14 games? Around. 14 games, mm. and they all kick at 7.30 p.m. local time. Very good. In whatever time zone they're in. So from East Coast to West Coast, you got five hours worth of games. And MLS, they their Apple TV, they've got a great they got a great uh, program. It's kind of like Red Zone is in the NFL, where they'll just whip around to the games that are going on. Act, there's action; they'll go to it. It's just a studio show. Uh, when I'm not watching St. Louis City, I'm watching that, and it, it keeps me completely up to date on what's going on in MLS. But uh, speaking of St. Louis City, three on the trot; they, ah. they are on fires right now. Went to Toronto. It wasn't the prettiest game in the world. Toronto controlled a lot of the first half of the game. Uh, but Ozzed Jackson, uh, who has been, since he came into the starting lineup uh, about three or four games ago, the man has been playing like like his absolutely fabulous hair has been on <laughs> fire. God, uh, you ought to see his hair, dude. The flowing locks, it's, it's I, excellent. Are you jealous, Chris? around the park. Uh, a little bit. I do have a full head of hair, mm. but I don't have hair like Ozzed Jackson. His his hairdo is amazing. He's my he's my stepdaughter's favorite player as well. So I got to give him some props. He got his first goal last night. The only goal early in the second half. St. Louis gets the three points, one nil over Toronto. Uh, Toronto has one win in their last fourteen games. Uh, they're down either bottom or next to bottom in the Eastern Conference. It has not been a pretty pretty time for, for Toronto. They fired the manager, Bob Bradley. It's just a shambles up there north of the border. But uh, uh, St. Louis, they stay top of the Western Conference, and they got a blockbuster game coming up Wednesday night. They go to SoCal to take on LAFC, who sits third in the Western Conference right now. So a, a massive blockbuster game coming midweek for St. Louis. You must be impressed with how they're performing, though. You must be very happy. Oh, happy. I would have been happy. We're, we hit the League's Cup break. Next Saturday is the last round before the All-Star Game and League's Cup. Mm. Uh, the All-Star Game, by the way, is the 19th, 19th of July. MLS All-Stars take on Arsenal in Washington, D.C. So... But the All-Star break, the League Cup break comes up uh, at the end of next week. I would have been over-the-moon ecstatic if St. Louis was within sniffing distance of the nine seed in the West, which is a playoff spot. There are three clear at the top with the game in hand of the Western Conference right now, past the midway point of the season. This season has been beyond all expectations for a first-year side. and It's just a... It's just a brilliance from the top down, from the ownership, Carolyn Kendall, to the management team, uh, uh, Lutz, the, the director, uh, Bradley Carnell, um, who's the manager at St. Louis City. They have really put together an organization that, that they have a system. They got players that match the system. And with the injury bug that they've had with star players out, they haven't had their best 11 play together all season. I mean, two of their biggest stars have been out. Uh, Joao Klaus has been out for three months. Edward Leuven, their midfielder, he's been out the last few games. The next man has stepped up, and they have really hit on the depth. Now, there's going to be a, a, a problem, a good problem to have pretty soon when everybody gets healthy. And who the hell do you put in the starting mm-hmm. 11? Good for prob- St. Louis. I think Bradley Carnell will take that problem, though. 
Good problem. Very good problem to have. And also, what's this about the new NBA Cup? Uh, they've talked about this for years. The NBA has talked about a mid or an in-season uh, tournament in, in addition to just the regular season games and, and the playoffs. They're going to do it this coming season. Um, they're going to start an NBA Cup, mm. which is an in-season tournament with a, groups, with a group stage and a knockout stage. They announced it yesterday. They, they, yeah, they announced it yesterday. They've unveiled the six five-team groups that are going to be playing, three groups in the Eastern Conference, three groups in the Western Conference. And, and they did a draw to kind of balance it. So you got a top team, a second-tier playoff team, right on the edge of the playoffs and then you know two teams you know that last year that it didn't make the playoffs that's how they organized it so it's not exactly the same divisions that you see in the nba uh but but they're all conference based so it'll be eastern conference against eastern conference western against western until we get to the nba cup final uh the tournament is going to start uh it's going to start november 3rd they're going to run uh Seven dates to play through the group stages: uh, November tenth, fourteenth, uh, November third, tenth, fourteenth, seventeenth, twenty first, twenty fourth, and twenty eighth. Uh, and then they'll have the, the 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 six group winners and the best second place team in, in each conference will advance to the knockout to the quarterfinal stages, and then they'll play the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. Uh, the quarterfinals will be at a at a home site. Semifinals and finals in December will be uh, at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, so this will be the first year that that the NBA Cup will be run. Uh, I think the players get uh, if they win uh, to win the tournament, get an extra five hundred thousand bucks. Which you know, for a lot of NBA players, that's you no know, chump change. But for some guys, you know, that's that's a decent amount of money. But mm. uh, you know, ever you know, in, any sort of motivation you can get to get these guys playing, you know, playing a hundred percent, giving their all in in something that's new. Mm. I, I think it'll be it'll be you know, it's obviously something we've never seen before, but it's something the NBA's wanted to do for a number of years. They've talked about it, and finally they've pulled the trigger on it. and They're going to do it this season. All right, going to be interesting to see how that all pans out later on in the year. Now. Are you ready to hear how you went in your NRL tips, Chris? I'm scared. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, look. Let's start. <laughs> let, 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 let's start with the good news. Okay. Let's let's start positive. Okay. You tipped the Cronulla Sharks, so you got that one right. So that's a good okay. start. You also tipped the Canberra Raiders, so that was good. Um, uh, two. Have, have, okay. Yep. Two from two. Good. Uh, you then tipped the Eels. Uh, you then tipped South Sydney. Uh, you then tipped the Titans. However, I would say, Chris, um, out of forgetting, forgetting the Eels, South's lost only by four points and the Titans lost an extra time. So you weren't that far away from having four from five. So not too yeah. bad. Not too bad. And, and wasn't one of those games I was reading something, didn't, didn't some team just go absolutely nuts over like a fifteen-minute span? 
Well, we saw in uh, in one of the games. Yeah, the you might. Well, yeah, all of them actually. There was a lot of high scoring games uh, with the with the Warriors scoring forty six points. The Bulldogs scored a lot of points. Then South Sydney came back late and almost won. Uh, scored a try off a kickoff. Uh, it was very exciting weekend of rugby league. And Chris, I want to know very quickly: Queensland or New mm-hmm. South Wales on Wednesday night? I gotta go with Queensland. I, uh, from what I understand, New South Wales is like a disaster area. It should probably get FEMA funded. <laughs> okay, you're gonna go Queensland. Chris, we'll chat later on in the week. We'll see how you go. Have a good rest of the week. We'll chat on Thursday. Sounds good. Have a good day. Chris Perkins on the line from America. Uh, here's a text on the Chook Man. The problem with that penalty yesterday is it will happen again, and a different referee will do nothing. Well, yes, and I think that is a good point as well, Chook Man is that I think it probably was a penalty, to be fair. I think it was the right call, but we do see it a lot where it's not pulled up. So right call, I think consistency is the problem. He also says, how about two games in New South Wales for once? Well, unfortunately, Chook, man, I I don't think that's going to happen. I think, unfortunately, uh, if you're a Nat Cam, I think we're always going to now see games taken to Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide, and now New Zealand on the radar. Thank you for the text, mate. Hope you have a good Monday. This from Brad before a break. I think state of origin in New Zealand makes more sense than in Adelaide or WA. It should be a certain sellout, and the Kiwis love it. Only challenge may be the time difference. I was thinking about that. Uh, I'm sure the NRL have to have a bit of a workaround with that. But, yep, agree. Oh, look, I think if we're going to take it to all those other states, may as well take it to New Zealand. More texts and a Wimbledon update on the other side of this. It's ten and a half to six. Text here from John from Clear Mountain. He says, morning, Dan. I think Wayne Bennett can see a chink in the origin armour. And if Queensland sweep the series, the hunger for origin might start to deteriorate south of the border. Might be a good idea to take it to New Zealand. Regards, John from Clear Mountain. Interesting text. I would say when Queensland were winning eight or nine in a row, I think the hunger from New South Wales fans, a lot more than it has been when they won in recent years. But look, I think New Zealand will happen. Thank you. Interesting take, John. Interesting take. I like that text. Keep texting in uh, more. Thanks, mate. Wimbledon update. Wimbledon is now streaming on Stan Sport. Watch every match ad-free, centre court and in 4K. And of course, the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, AATC.tennis. And the men's side today wins uh, to Andre Rublev. Also, Yannick Sinner got a win as well. Novak Djokovic is in action. Just started uh, his match. Won all in the first set. So very early days there. And on the Women's side of things, uh, we saw wins to uh, Schwantek, the number one seed. Also, Svitolina went down uh, to Azarenka as well. In fact, that's still going at the moment. Uh, it's in the tiebreaker in the third set. Azarenka having won the first set, 6-2, lost the second set, 6-4. It is 11-9 in the tiebreaker, and Svitolina has just won. It's just beaten Victoria Azarenka. So, uh, big game there. Bad luck to Azarenka. That's a Wimbledon update. It is now streaming on Stan Sport. Watch every match ad-free. Centre court in 4K. Morning, Dan. The best performance of the weekend was Anton Di Pasquale winning yesterday. Supercar race in Townsville. That from the Big G. And this from Andy to finish things off. I think NRL is the only competition that every game has its own time slot. I prefer to watch every game live. Yeah, I love that as well, Andy. Thanks for your come to today. Breakfast follows the news. I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5am.